Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Welcome back. Episode 126, 126 Hebrew Congregation of Houston. It's the Hebrew Congregation of Houston. We love you and we welcome you back. Um, and so we're not going to say Happy New Year because we've already been in our year, right? We started ours in September. So we're going to say Happy 2023. So happy 2023 to you all. We pray that you be saved. And I'm going to start off with the song, Thank You, because we have so much to be thankful about. So as this song plays, just think about what you're thankful about, okay? Can you all hear? We do not own any rights to the music. Thank you, Yahweh. Thank you. You still here, right? Stop complaining. Just thank him. Thank you. 
What you what you're thankful for about, and hopefully everyone who's listening just just thinking about what they're thankful about. We know we've had our trials and tribulations for 2022, but um, just be thankful, thankful of the things he's done. Um, Brother Jerry, we can start with you. Okay, so um, first of all, I thank God for life, health, strength. Um, I just got news of a neighbor that I grew up with um, passed away in a car accident this week. Um, and uh, he had just had a baby, maybe a three or four year old baby. And he was a year younger than us. And it's like they're having this funeral today. And it was a shock because, you know, when you see people full of life and you grew up with them and then now they're gone. I mean, we say gone, but, you know, the spirit lives on but the thing is they're no longer here with us so you know thank god for for health and then my twin brother he um you know we believe god and praise god that he's healed from cancer and uh uh, from bone marrow cancer because he was at from our perspective he was at death's door and uh, thank god for my health um you know uh battling uh prostate cancer so I uh, feel good. Um, you know, just having life itself. And, you know, I pray that the will of God is done in our home, in our lives, and in everyone's who's on this line, that his will is done. Um, because if his will is done, everything works together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So, um, and I thank God for you, Shorty, and for BJ, Kristen, my kids, our grandkids. So like I said, for life itself, God, there's a lot of love that God has planted on this earth and creating the right environment for us and just the right distance from the sun, you know, the tilt of the earth's axis. So it just shows that God loves us and he created this environment for us. So we're blessed because of that. Thank you. Amen. Amen. I thank y'all way for you too. Thank you for that testimony. Um, who's next? The Daniels family. Praise y'all from who? All blessings. Well, we just we're thankful for being here. We're thankful for you know every month that that we get through our bills and we pay our bills. We're thankful for that, you know, and and we understand that there are those who are not able, you know. So so that's a blessing, you know, being having a fever, but, but not, but being alive to have the fever and, and my body function in a way where it knows how to fight on its own and do what it needs to do so that I could continue on 
And that is, that is a blessing. Every, every moment that he gives me insight and in what to do to heal and, and what to, you know, take and, and all of that is, so there, I'd have to say there's a, every second I'm grateful for. So that song is timely, you know, thank him for his love, thank him for his power and his protection every single hour, every single minute, every single second, you know, I couldn't list it all, you know, because every moment I remember when I was growing up and my parents would just go, thank you in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> you know, with my, especially my dad, he would get in this or my mom would start praising him in the street. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh Lord, there they go. Embarrassing me again. And then you get older and you, you walk with him yourself and you have an understanding of what he's been in your life from beginning to end and it's like then it's like the thank you moments it comes out before you even have the thought of what it is you're thankful for you're just thankful in that moment because you feel you know in this second he did something he did something <laughs> and I'm grateful for whatever it is you did but you did something you know and that that is what it is to walk with him you know Tis so sweet to trust in him and to take him at his word and to to walk with him and to rest upon his promises and thankful for for Yahusha Hamashiach, you know, for for his existence, his example to us, so that we would know. Because I would be clueless. I don't know about anybody else, but I wouldn't know how to live if that did not exist, you know. So all those things and and more, you know. I'm grateful, babe. You, I'm just thankful that Yah is. As Brother Jerry said, he's so concerned about us, setting up situations, you know, for our benefit. And so just being grateful for, for yet seeing another day and knowing that he will never place more on us than we could bear. And he's always making a way of escape for whatever we are confronted with, for surrounding us with people that we love and who loves us and continue to encourage one another. So we're just very thankful and appreciative for every day and knowing that we have people around us who we love and who love us in return and continue to be our cheerleaders and our encouragers. So no matter what comes, we know we serve a God who is yet able Amen. to do more than we could imagine or even think. Yes. So thank him for all things. And we are grateful for, sorry, I forgot to say, we are grateful for Jerry's brother and himself because these are things you, you we pray for. So when you see that he's doing a work, then it's, it, you know, you have to thank him for the work that he's done. So we're thankful for that too, for that he's being our brother's keeper and all of that is in there. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for your prayers. And and thank you for being an example of a family of love. Thank y'all, the, the Daniels family. Amen. You're welcome. The, the Griffin family. Yeah, I'll just uh, first echo. Sorry if I can't hear me. I'm in the restroom right now. It's a little rough over here, but um, I'll first echo what everybody else has said. Everyone has said so many things that I'm also thankful for. Um, but also wanted to, you know, say I'm especially thankful for my wife and my child. You know, there's just so much stuff going on in the world, so much stuff that we've been going through and experiencing for the first time. And she's been such a, a solid partner and a solid foundation in everything that we're doing. And then Zion has been such a trooper and, you know, getting different illnesses and going here and there. And he's just been so great and persistent through and such a wonderful gift to our family this year and so we've been through a lot this year moving uh twice new jobs baby marriage it's a lot of different things all at once but uh just thankful for my family for being who they are and 
uh, just being so loyal and so faithful to the word of God, no matter what challenges pop up, just always having that faith. Um, and so thankful for all that. Of course, thankful for everybody here on the line. This has been something that has really uh, created a different kind of spark in my life as far as hearing everyone talk on a weekly basis, hearing everyone share opinions and just letting the love flow on this on this line. And so thankful for everyone here. Um, and of course, thankful for my mom and all that she's done and uh, being the host of this line, but also supporting us through everything that we're going through. Um, and yeah, just thankful. Just thank all y'all. Amen. Thank you, Griffin family. I'm grateful for you all too and the gift that you brought into the world this year. Matter of fact, uh, Zion has a birthday coming up in January. So uh, thank you for that gift of, of, of the fruit that I bear you and then you're able to give me a grandson. So thank y'all and I love y'all and I'll always be here to support you. Okay, the Haywood family. I don't know if Coda Lisa's over there or not. I'm in the other room. But uh, I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we have our first lady, Coda Lisa, and we have our rabbi, Rabbi Ben Yakov. And so uh, we thank you all and we love you. And if you can go ahead and give your thanks. I will not. Um, I will tell you a, a few things that I'm thankful for. I won't share them all. But uh, I thank Hashem for who he is. I thank him for who he is in my life. I thank him for who he is in your lives. This is part of my prayer, daily prayer, morning prayer every day uh, for business owners, educators, um, all of you all. I, I pray for uh, <clears throat> a Koti, uh, Daniel's mom. I don't know her name or her condition, but I pray for her daily. Uh, Brother Jerry and your brother, I pray for you daily. And I'm thankful that you have the testimonies that you have business owners, I pray for you daily, daily, hourly, almost. And I'm thankful for that. I pray most for many things, but I pray for my Ish, which is my husband, and him putting up with my contrariness that you all don't know about. <laughs> but he's very patient with me. And I was just thanking him the other day. Well, I have him right here. That's a blessing for me because I say some crazy stuff. And I think some crazy things, but he always gives me a, uh, how do I say this, an abo above board, a level explanation for those things that helps me to understand me and helps me to understand Hashem. And so I'm thankful for that. I thank him, I thank Hashem for the opportunity to pray for you all and to see the manifestations of the things that you desire. I'm thankful for this little bitty, she was, Two weeks ago, she was a handful. Now she's two handfuls, new grandbaby uh, that we have and so many other things. And I'm going to stop right there and let my Ish speak to you. That's it for me. You all <laughs> see what my blessings are and what I'm thankful for. Um, you see it. Okay, when, you, when we're on here, when I can see your faces, hear your voices, the eloquence of your speech, it is an increased for me to let me know that our father has not forsaken us or forgotten us. So I'm thankful for that. Thankful. I'm thankful for all that I've seen, I've heard. I'm thankful for all that my heart has felt. I thank him daily 
if you don't know it, I thank him daily for all of you, especially for your generation, who I know that are taking the torch and carrying it forward. I'm thankful for that. It, it gives me great a great feeling of 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 just of joy. I should put it that way, joy. That some of the words I can't even express. The words is such a a blessing to me. So I am blessed and increased, and you give me such encouragement every every time that I hear your voices and see your faces. I'm thankful, thankful for everything that Yah is doing in your lives and in our lives. Y'all don't know it, but I have great grandchildren. <laughs> so y'all don't, I have great grandchildren. And uh, so I'm, I'm just thankful that I, I know and I get to see them online, not in person all the time, but I see them online. I see them on Facebook and I can text them. We text back and forth with my, uh, y'all don't know I have another daughter too. They, uh, there was a life before the life. And so I have a, I was never married before, but I did have a daughter. Okay. And she has four four daughters and a son. And two of her daughters have children. So those are my great grandchildren. Uh, so I'm thankful for all of them. That the father has put them back in my life for such a time that we were so separated. And I prayed. I said, Father, just give me an opportunity to have a, a relationship with him. So he's done that. And I'm thankful for that. Um, I was a wild child. <laughs> I was a wild child. But but thankful that that he gave me an ish that settled me, uh, caused me to understand the responsibility of, of when you take on a person and you become one flesh is not something you take lightly. You cannot take it lightly. It's a growing experience, ever growing, ever expanding. And I, I'm just thankful for each and every day in this life on this rock. So that's all I'm going to say, because once if I keep going, the anointing kicks in and then, you know. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you. I, um, I started with family. I didn't say everybody named by title today because that's who's on here is family. And family is very important. And we at the Hebrew congregation, we have become a family. And so the Daniels family, the Griffin's family, the Haywood family, the Disney family, we are all one family. And I'm so grateful for you all. You all, we, we all have come together as one. It talks about that in Romans 8, right? All of us coming together as one for the good of his name, for Yahweh and Yahshua's name. And I love you all. And as I sat here and I listened to the testimony from Brother Jerry saying some people didn't make it this year, but God has, has saw it fit that him and his brother are still here. They battled cancer and God has healed them this year. And so we pray for that the families that have passed. So I listened to the Daniels family. Sister Daniels talked about her health and the love and the protection and how Yahweh has provided the bills and paid the bills. We can't forget the small things because we have to be thankful for the small things to get the increase, right? And then I heard her uh, brother Daniels talking about how he uh, God is just concerned about all of us and how he makes a way of escape. Oh my God, he's done that for me so many times. He makes a way of escape for you, okay? And then that he said that just, just love all around, your family, your friends, 
the Hebrew congregation, the prayers. I feel a cult of Lisa prayers over us. I feel prayers come over me. And I thank everybody who has prayed over me. You know, even right now, a lot of people don't have their camera on because they're not feeling good. A lot of times we don't feel good. We just like you, but we got to push past your flesh. And then once you get out of here, you have a renewed spirit. It's like you've experienced the resurrection because you're sick. You're congested. You don't feel like getting up and oh, you know, we, we got to push and get on this thing with Easter and the Hebrew congregation today. And then healing takes place in your body when you're done. That's the resurrection. You feel better. God, he's with us. You have to keep pushing past your flesh for him because it's not easy. It's not easy, but we're here and we made it through and the sun has to come out through after all those storms and rains and confusion and deaths, the storm is over. The sun has to come out. And I heard the Griffin family, he, he, he all in the bathroom sick right now, but he pushed past his flesh and got on today. He thankful for his son, his family. Starting a new family. You know, God has blessed him this year. He get a, a new home. They purchased a home. He said the Hebrew congregation. God gave us this. This isn't about Easter. This is God gave us this. He did it. We're just vessels to be used. Then we heard the Haywood family. She thanked uh, Hashem and, and the prayers that she's able to pray over us. That's effective. I know they are. She prayed about her family and the babies and everybody. Our mother, Sarah, praying over us. The rabbi, he said he's thankful. He even gave a testimony. He had great-grandfather. How many of us going to live to be great-grandparents? My God, he is awesome. Yahweh is just awesome. And he said the generation is improving. He see the generation improving. Thank you all, and I love you, and I don't take any of you for granted on here. The ministers, the teachers, the singers, the preachers, the intercessors, the rabbis, the hostess, all of you. I thank God for all of you. And I want to give a, a scripture. First Samuel 12 and 24 says, but he, but be sure to fear the Lord. It says, be sure to fear the Lord. Cause that's when you come into wisdom with the fear of the Lord and serve him faithfully. Well, Easter, how do we serve the Lord faithfully by serving his people, by serving his people, by teaching your fruit, by following the contract agreement. And it says faithfully with all your heart. That doesn't mean you're not going to sin. That doesn't not mean you're going not going to fall off. You repent and you give it to him and you ask him to help you with that situation. Okay. And it says, consider what great things he has done for you. That's first Samuel 12 and 24. Consider all the great things he has done for us. You know, the skies of the heaven has really opened. I've, I've gone through things this year, you know, even with my husband fighting cancer twice and us having COVID and different things that's gone on. Um, God has really showed up in our lives. And, and once he shows up, because it's not easy, because the people who help you with cancer, they suffering too, right? It's not just the person who has it. It's the person who, who, who's caring for you, the caretakers too. But God is faithful. He has showed up. He has done some miraculous things. The sky of the heaven is open just this past week. There's 
you know how you cheer for somebody else and you turn around and the blessings right there in your plate. That's what happens when you're cheering for somebody else, when you're praying for somebody else, when you're giving to somebody else, when you're going to go see about something about somebody else, Yahweh going to take care of you. You won't even think about it. So see, I had planted a while ago. I had forgot about that. I wasn't, it wasn't going to get it. And it fell in my plate a couple days ago. Don't tell me what our God won't do. We got to try him. We're not going to say uh, happy new year because we already into our new year. We're going to say happy 2023. Happy 2023 to you all. And we love you. And we look forward to more episodes and that you tune in. Some people say, uh, this has been on my mind this morning. Some people, you know, they say little things to chip at your spirit. They don't come right out and say it. They say some people be saying, doing the same prayers. They need to change up. Well, is that prayer working? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Is it working? Are you giving God his word back? Because the same people that say that is always the ones who's complaining and destitute. Keep pushing forward. Don't fall for the tricks of the devil. He's very cunning and sneaky, like a snake. He plants little things to tear you down. He's a manipulator. He's cunning. You're smarter than that. You can see now. The blinds have been taken off of your eyes. Go forward and know that you are blessed and you are in his arms and care. And God has not forgotten about you and know who you are. You are his chosen people. You are a Hebrew Israelite. And he loves you. We're going to go. Anybody have any comments before we go into our word and our teaching? Okay, we've already gave our thank you. And we pray that you give your thank you unto the Lord and just I know things have happened this year, but I, I, I guarantee you the good has overruled the bad. I guarantee you that because you're still here. Uh, our last uh, parashah was Genesis 44 through 47. Our new parashah is Genesis 47, 28. So chapter 47, verse 28 through chapter 50 up to 26. That's the new parashah. We thank you, Rabbi Afshalom. We love you, Rabbi Afshalom Ben Yaakov. And you can go ahead and take it over. We look forward to your teaching. I guess I better unmute myself. <laughs> I get down and have a gave a whole study without being uh, being on mute. Well, thankful. I'm thankful for all of you and uh, another opportunity to come with you all and share with you on the parashaw. Um, hopefully you will gain some deeper insight into who you are as an Israelite. There's been a lot of debate, you know, here recently about the Israelite community and the Jewish community. And there have been different, uh, I guess, you on YouTube and then, you know, the rabbis on the Ashkenazi side you know, justifying who they are as Jews and sometimes actually realizing that, hey, we are Jews and they're Israelites. And, you know, that's that's just it. You know, we are who we are. And so 
I say these things and we are we are seeing these things and hearing these things because of the awakening, right? Again, I must go back and, and I'm not getting away from the parashah now because this is all dealing with the parashah. In two days, I will revive you and in the third day, I'll raise you up. And again, we are moving into that third day for the raising up. And that's why the children of Israel are waking up. Just as Yeshua came and said, I'm looking for the lost children of Israel. That's what we are doing here each Shabbat. We are carrying on the words of Yeshua HaMashiach ben David. There are a lot of Jews on the European side and on the African side. I'm not going to say the Israelite side. I'm going to say on the African side, African Jews that deny the existence of Yeshua HaMashiach ben David. They deny his existence. And they're Israelites, but they've taken on and called and the Jewish belief that or non-belief that Yeshua lived and the denial of his testimony. I'm not one of those, and I'm not against those who don't. As we, I'm not going to judge any man. You know, I can't judge another man's servant, and so I'm not going to judge them. They will all know when the time comes. We will know because Yeshua. Or Mashiach is coming. He's going to appear. And so if you don't look like an Israelite, if you're not acting on the teachings of Israel, the covenant of Abraham, Yisak, Yaakov, if you're not observing that, I don't care who you call yourself, you're not operating in the contract agreement. Yosef, right, and the children of Israel were operating in the covenant of Abraham during this, during this parashah, there are no Jews in this parashah. I know it's going to ruffle some feathers, but in this parashah, there's no such thing as a Jew. There's a Yehud, Yehud right? Because of the tribe of, of Judah, but there are no Jews. So when the Jews say, when the Jews were, in, when people say the Jews were in, in Egypt, they don't know what they're talking about. Okay. Now, if they're talking about the tribe of Judah, yeah, the tribe of Judah was there. And the parashah begins with Judah, the Yehudi, okay? Yehud, or, or should I say the Yehudite? The father of the Yehudite starts off this, this parashah. And so I'm basically going to be teaching from the book of Jasher, chapter 54. If you have the book of Jasher, if you don't, I pray that you get it, because, again, we are revealing to the children of Israel who you are, and who you are is a people of power, great power. So let me just read something for you from the book of Joshua, chapter 54, and I'm going to be jumping around from different scriptures because I, 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 I would encourage you to purchase the book of Jasher or get a Sefer that has it in there or get yourself an Ethiopian Bible that has it in there or get the Jerusalem Bible, which is a Catholic Bible, by the way. It has also the book of Jasher, unless they've changed the way they've put it in there because there's so much information there that reveals the children of Israel. The reason I use this book, the Sefer, is because it reveals 
the character of the Israelite. Okay. We're dealing with Israelites. We are Yehudi. We are Yehudi, but we prefer to be called Israel. Okay. So here we go. Uh, chapter 54. It, if you were looking at the parashah in the King James Version, it starts off pretty much the same, but it's talking about how Judah approaches Joseph. But to give a different take on it, a better, a deeper take on it, uh, again, I'm going to take some ex excerpts from the book of Jasher so that you can see the power of the Israelite. To see the power that is given to the children of Israel and that it distinguishes us from other people, no matter where they are. You will see these characteristics. There's a certain characteristic that comes out. I like to call it the psychogenetics of it. Psychogenetics, the study of the, the genetics and how the environment, and how people, uh, the genetics affects a person, his life, whether they be sick or, you know, mental health, all these things are tied up in there. And there's actually a study on psychogenetics. So when I'm looking at that and I look at certain characteristics of the children of Israel, we are distinguished from the other peoples of the earth. So watch this. And that's a big debate that's going on today. Who are we? So Jasher book, again, chapter 54, starts us, and when Judah saw the dealings of Joseph with them, Judah approached him and broke open the door and came in, came with his brethren before Joseph. Now it says he broke in. So what happened before this? Before this, Joseph had forcibly, now this is out of the book of Joshua. You don't have this in the King James or the, 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 the King James 1611 that the Israelite, the purple gang, like to, to, to base all their studies on. Okay. Um, but Joseph break, Joseph, takes Benjamin by force and locks, they're locked in a room, right? And so Joseph, I mean, so Yehuda breaks the door in. You're not going to keep me out. I'm coming in. So he comes in and he has a discussion with Joseph. So here's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down and I just read that part where he broke in the door and went in there. And here's the discussion that goes on. I'm, I'm going to go down to verse five. Now that was verse four, one, okay? And uh, so verse five, and forgive me for, for not reading the whole thing because we just don't have time to go through all of it. But again, I encourage you to get a sefer or just, it's just you know, get, get something that has the apocrypha in it, books that were left out. So you can get some of this information. It's good information. Let it, and just meditate on it. It's, it's, it's good stuff. It says, verse five, do you not know what two of my brethren Shimon and Simon and Levi did unto the city of Shechem and unto 70 cities of the Emorim on account of our sister Dinah. You know that story about how, you know, the, the sister was taken and they went in and they had the people circumcised and they went in and killed them all, you know, kill all the men. Well, that's what he's referencing to. Okay. And he says, and, and, and also what they would do for the sake of their brother Benjamin. He says, so he, he's giving testimony. This morning, we started off with a testimony. Nothing is by chance. So we start off with a thanksgiving, but testimony is very important, right? So 
when you, you're about to do something, you're going to deal with something, it brings to remembrance of what the Father has done for you or on your behalf or empowered you to do. And so, so what Judah is doing is telling, look, you better, you better know who you're dealing with and who's you're dealing with. More importantly, he says, and I with my strength, listen, this is Judah. He's not bragging, no brag, just fact. He says, and I with my strength, who am greater and mightier than both of them. He's saying he's stronger than both of his other brothers. Judah. Now, you know, Judah is praise, right? So praise is more powerful than anything else that we can do. We got to have praise involved, right? Praise. And that's why when you go into the black churches, the Christian church, they have praise and testimony services because that's where power is revealed and power comes forward. In the Messianic congregations that you go to, if you go to the Israelite congregation at the Messianic, you're going to have a praise service, a worship service. Praise goes forward first. That's where your power lies, some of the power, some of the power. But power lies in your praise. He says, he says, and, and he said, I'm mighty than both of them. He, he says, I, I come this day upon you and your land. If you are unwilling to send our brother. See, this, this is the backstory. If you don't, so if you don't let, uh, send our brother, have you not heard what our, our Elohim, see, he's given power to the one that gives, uh, that gives the glory. He says, what our Elohim, who has made choice of, uh, of us, did unto Pharaoh on account of Sarah, our mother, whom he took away from our father, that he smote him with his household with, with heavy plagues, that even to this day, the Mitzrayim relate this wonder to each other. That's power. When you mess with an Israelite, mm -hmm. you, can't, you, don't, you don't just mess with the chosen ones. That's why we say we're Israelite. Mm -hmm. right? Because again, in Mitzrayim, there are not Jews there, but the children of Israel are there. You see what I'm saying? This is why it's important for us to understand and recognize and realize why we call ourselves Israelites, Hebrew Israelites, African Israelites. That there is a testimony behind that. But the world would have us call ourselves Christians or some other name. When in fact we're Israel, that's who we are. We're African Israel, we're Israelites, we are Yehudi, okay? Meaning the tribe of Judah or Yehudite, right? So let me go on again. Um, again, I'm encouraging you to go back and read so you can fill in even more of what I'm saying because there's just so much in here, you know, and, and I get excited about it. Again, I told you I get blessed because I'm here with y'all. It's an increase for me. And this is why, because it gets me excited when I start reading these things and it gives the attributes of who the children of Israel are. Shows the attributes of the power that we have in no matter what circumstance or situation we find ourselves. If we remember the testimonies of what has happened in the past on our behalf, you have to remember those things. Let it be a testimony in you. So verse 11, it says, And Joseph answered and said unto him, Surely strength belong a lot, uh, not alone to you. See, there's a discourse going on. Remember, Judah, Yehuda, doesn't realize that he's talking to his own flesh and blood. And Yehuda is showing him the power that, that the Israelites, the sons of Jacob, have in the world 
and their relationship with the creator of all things. And so Joseph, knowing both that he is an Israelite and that he is his brother, that he does have that power, he says something in the discourse, verse 11, and Joseph answered and said unto him, surely strength belongs not alone unto you. I am stronger and mightier than you. Surely if you drew your sword, I will put it to your neck and the necks of all your brethren. So they, they just talking trash. Playing the they're almost playing the dozen. They ain't gonna get them a dozen, but they, you know, they they're talking that trash, talking about who they are, you know, expound, not no bragging. These are facts. They knew, okay. And so it goes on it, and and and, Joe, and and Yehuda said, look, just take your cup that you put in the sack, you know, because they're going through this argument back and forth. It's a back and forth and back and forth, okay. And so Joseph comes on later on and says, in verse nineteen. You did, you 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 did. Did you forsake your brother and sell him for twenty pieces of silver unto this day? And why then will you do the same to your brother? Your brother, he said. Now nah, you sold your you sold your brother one brother away. Why don't you sell this brother? He said, take the cup and going home and leave your brother here. So there's this again. This is going on. What he's doing is bringing back the remembrance of Judah of what they did to him, without saying that it is him. All right. But Joseph and Jehuda's not going for it. So, you know, and, and, and watch this. He even puts a sister involved in it. Watch this, verse 25. It says, and Jehuda said, behold, the fire of Shem burns in my heart. Now I would burn all your land with fire. And Joseph answered and said, surely your sister-in-law Tamar, Tamar, who killed your sons, extinguished the fire of Shechem. And Jehuda said, if I pluck out a single hair from my flesh, I will fill all Israel with its blood. Jehuda, Jehuda is saying, we're going we're gonna to tear this baby down. If you don't give me what I want, you need to, you need to be aware that we are not going either. Now, see, this is not in the King James Version. They don't give you the backstory of what's going on. You know, Benjamin is in the land and, and, Joseph, and, and Joseph is wanting to reveal to him who he is. But there are certain attributes that are being bestowed and the children... Of, of 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 Israel recognize these things in time. So I'm gonna go down to verse 30. Okay. It says, and Joseph saw the act of Judah. And he's very much afraid. So what happens is, and let me go back and read some of that. Verse 28. Let me go ahead, verse 28 a little bit. And when Yehuda heard this thing, he was exceedingly wrought, and his anger burned within him. And there was before him in the that place, listen at this, there was before him in that place a stone the weight of which was about 40, 400 sequels, sequels, shekels. And Yehuda's anger was kindled, and he took the stone in one hand and cast it into the heavens and caught it with his left hand, and he placed it afterward under his legs, and he sat upon it with his strength. And the stone was turned into dust from the force of Yehuda. This is how powerful he was. He crushed a stone and made it powder. He didn't use a sledgehammer. It was his the weight of his body. That's how much power he had. You know, uh, in martial arts, in, in, in Aikido, we used to do these things, these feats, and we would call it the unmovable, unbendable arm. And, and we one of the masters, he would stand and have the strongest people in the room to come and lift him off the floor. And he would, he would invoke the spirit 
and they would not be able to lift him off the floor. And he weighed about 90 pounds soaking wet. And 200 pound men could not lift him off the floor. These are spiritual forces that, that, are, that people have power to do even to today. So when Judah is doing that, this is a power that is greater than human strength to do that. That's what I'm trying to get to you. It's more than human strength involved in these actions that are going on, in this discourse that is going on. These two brothers are dealing, actually are talking about spiritual forces without saying that's what it is. Okay. So in our bloodline, in our genetics, there is a spiritual force that operates through us that the world does not want us to know about. And that's, that's one of the reasons why there's such a fear of the Israelites finding out who they are. Yeshua said, I come for the lost children of Israel. He wanted to teach us who we are and the power that we had lost because the world system has robbed us of our identity, our heritage, and our culture. We must return to it. So it says, verse 30, and Joseph saw the act of Judah and was very much afraid, but he commanded Manasseh. Listen at this. Joseph didn't do it. He calls his son, his child, and says, and his son, and also, it is, and it, let me read it again. Verse 30. And Joseph saw the act of Yehuda, and he was very much afraid, but he commanded Manasseh, his son, and he also did with another stone like unto the act of Yehuda. And Yehuda, listen at this, and Yehuda said unto his brethren, let not any of you say that this man is a mystery or an Egyptian, but by his doing this thing, he is of our father's family. Again, I tell you, the attributes of an Israelite cannot be misunderstood. Even Judah even though he did not re recognize his brother, he recognized the attributes of his father, Yaakov. And we know that Yaakov got his teachings from who? The same people that he got it from Shem. Shem passed on from Noah. Noah passed on from, you know, Lemek. Lemek from Methuselah. Methuselah from, from uh, Enoch. You see, these things were passed on through us genetically through the ages through the teachings of knowing who the power is. So he said, let me read that again. Joseph saw the act of Judah and he was very much afraid and he commanded Manasseh, his son, and he also did with another stone like unto the act of Judah. And Yehuda said unto his brethren, let not any of you say this man is a mystery. But by his own doing, this thing he is of our father's family. We recognize each other, not just by sight, but by our actions in our life. We rise up. If we put if we put our hands to it, we prosper in it. We achieve in it. And it's not by might nor by power, but it's by the power, by the spirit of God, our Father, that operates in us. We are able to Crush a stone to powder. Not by our own strength, but by the supernatural power that is in our gene pool, in our gene pool. Okay? Now it says, 
So Jehuda, Yehuda, actually, by the way, he's he's still determined in his mind he's going to destroy Egypt, the world system. But it's not time for him to destroy the world system. So he sends Naphtali in, in, who is the fast one. His attribute is his speed, the swiftness of his feet, and he would light on his feet. So he runs through the, through the city, through Israel, and he counts up 12 places and, and with the swift, and he goes back and reports to Judah because they're going to strike war. Okay? And so because he's, he's again, Naphtali is the one that's, that's fast. So we see a lot of brothers that are running track, the Olympic athletes, they run, to, those are probably from, I'd say that's an attribute from Naphtali, okay? Not necessarily that they're from there, but that's one of the attributes, right, that we have. Um, so it, it goes on, and Joseph, let me read something for you, okay? Verse 34, so they're saying this in Hebrew, in front of Joseph, not realizing that Joseph understood what they were saying. He, he tells, again, Judah tells Nathalie to go through and number the streets, prepare to destroy. He's getting ready to destroy. So in verse 34, now in verse 33. So in verse 34, it says, Joseph heard all the words that his brethren spoke before him, and they did not know that Joseph understood them. Listen at this. This is their brother. They don't recognize who he is, and he's in Egypt. We talk about this all the time. They're having conversation, not just not the one side, but they're in conversation. And they don't recognize him physically, but they do recognize the power that is in him. That is one of their attributes, but they don't recognize him physically. Not at this time. You know, when Yeshua was walking down the road to Amos and the people were talking about him, they didn't recognize to who he was. Then he was talking with them and walking on the road. But they could give the testimony of what had happened in the past day. And then they didn't know. And he walked with them. And they talked. And, and he opened up the scripture about beginning in Moshe Rabbeinu. And he started, and he explained things. And then at the end, they realized, they said, did not our hearts burn as he spoke? That's the same identical thing going on here. They're talking to him. And they're giving deep discourse. Not until he, re really, the, he, he reveals himself, they don't know it, even though they're talking to him. We talk to each other. We talk to other Israelites. We don't know who they are, but we can say, man, you got there's something about you. That's what's going on here. There's something about you. There's something in the way you live, the way you something is going on in your life. You may be living on the street, but we have a when you have a conversation with that person on the street, you realize there's something burning in you. You're not normal, you know. This this is this is this is something that is recognized in the children of Israel. We we know our people. We know our people. We may not speak the same language, but our spiritual man knows it discerns. There is spiritual discernment in us, each of us. Okay. So Joseph puts together his men and tells them to go and confront, uh, you know, the his brothers. So I'm going to go down to verse 38. How am I looking for time? Am I looking pretty good on time? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. So verse 38, it says, And Yehuda said, Behold, I will destroy three, uh, destroy three of the streets with my strength. Now, they, they've already broken down to 12. So Yehuda's going to destroy three streets. And he's going to give the rest of it to his other brothers to destroy. Why is that? Because there's somebody missing. 
some people are missing. So they have to have that 12, you know, they have to destroy those 12 streets, right? And so he says, he will destroy three streets with his strength and you shall each destroy one street. And when Yehuda was speaking this thing, behold, the inhabitants of Mizraim and all the mighty men came toward them with all sorts of musical instruments and with loud shouting. They didn't come with weapons. They came with, remember, if you haven't been in the, in, in the advanced class, you know, in the advanced class, we talk about the importance of music in the worship service. So we see that your, Joseph is using this thing with music and going to his brothers. What is he doing? He's doing, he's, he's giving them uh, insights into who he is and they still don't recognize it. That's why he sends it. This is one of the reasons why he sends these without weapons, but with musical instruments. He says with musical instruments and loud shouting. You know, in, in the Christian church, we do a lot of loud shouting. Again, that was a, a messianic European uh, pastor they didn't want it when we said we were going to invite this uh, congregation over from the wards in Houston, a black church, to come there. He said, if they're going to be doing that, that what they do, you know, speaking in tongues and, and the way we pray, he don't want to do that. So that lets you know he's not really an Israelite. He's not one of us because he doesn't understand the power of why we make that loud noise. You see, because we're shaking the heavens. With what in our music and in our prayers, we get loud, we're boisterous. When we stand on the street corner and we, we get loud out there, that's a part of our attribute. And so what they tell us now is calm down. You need to calm. When the police pull us out, we talk. And we talk with expression and our arms are moving. That's because you're an Israelite. Your arms are moving and you're talking loud. And they get they get upset. It shakes them to the core of their being when you're talking loud like that. And they say, you need to calm down. I'm not, what am I doing? Calm down for what? I'm not angry. This is right. our power. People have told me to quit talking, yelling at them. I'm like, I'm not yelling. This is the voice I use. Yes. It may be direct, but it's not yelling. <laughs> That's right. It's because the power that is in you, in your genetic structure, in the core of who you are, they don't understand that. And it frightens them. Okay? It even shakes us up. Watch this. He says, uh, he says, with a, a, a loud shout, and their number was 500 cavalry and 10,000 infantrymen and 400 men who could fight without sword or spear, only with their hands and strength. These were martial artists, by the way. Martial artists didn't, martial arts didn't start in China or Japan. It started in, in Egypt. Okay? And it was also, if it was in Egypt, that means it was in Israel because it's all Africa. So we are the original martial artists, if you didn't know that. He sent some of his best. And then if you go into Africa and in Egypt, they, they do wrestling. Right now, there's just a, a tradition of wrestling. It's martial artists. It's a form. And if you go down to Capoeira, down in the South America, the Capoeira, that came out of Africa. That's ours. But you don't know that because they don't let you... Teach, they don't teach that, okay? But that's where it began. I'm trying to give you a little side knowledge there so you can understand what's going on. It says, and all the mighty men came with great storming and shouting, and they all surrounded the sons of Yaakov and terrified them, and the ground quaked at the sound of their shouting. You know, in martial arts, that's another thing we used to do in, in, in when I did karate for a while. It was loud shouting, you know, and and what you do, you do a loud shout. If you get thrown to the ground, you do a loud shout. It takes 
It's something about that, right? It's something about that loud, loudness. So when you hear, when you have the tone wars in China and, and Japan, they, they, you have a lot of shouting going on. This is where it originated in Africa. The loud shouting, you know. And when you go to war and military, they used to put this loud music on to shake things up. That's why they, they, they use our stuff against us and against other nations. It works. It works. Okay. And so as when the sons of Yahweh saw that these, these troops were very afraid of their lives. And Joseph did so in order to terrify the sons of Yahweh to become tranquil, tranquilized. So he used this method to subdue them, to stop. He, he sent that power in to calm them down because they were getting in a rage and they were going to destroy Mitzrayim. They could have destroyed Mitzrayim if they want, if they had stayed in that rage. But Joseph had to quell that. So he sent this force in to quiet them down, to change things. And he did it with music and loud noise or, you know, the voice of what they were doing, okay? And then so Jehuda seeing some of his brethren terrified, said unto them, why are you afraid with, while the grace of Elohim is with us? Why are you afraid? You see, it, it struck fear. He said, wait a minute, why are you afraid? He, just, he says, and when Jehuda saw all the people of Mitzrayim surrounding them at the command of Joseph to terrify them, only Joseph commanded them saying, do not touch any of them. So Joseph had said, don't hurt them, but I want you to subdue them, you know, stop them from getting angry. And then it goes on and says, verse 46, and while they were flee, flee, it, you know, um, let me go back up. I'm sorry. Let me go back up to 43. Then Yehuda hastened and drew his sword and uttered a loud voice and a bitter scream. And he smote with his sword and he sprang up on the ground and he still continued to shout against the people. So jo uh, Yehuda said, no, I'm going to take me some heads. So he began, he took his sword out of his sheet and he, be, he went to work. And it says, and when he did this thing, Yehuda, uh, Yahuwah called the terror of Yehuda and his brethren to fall upon the valiant men and all the people that were surrounded them. And they all fled at the sound of the shouting, and they were terrified and fell upon one upon each other, other one another, and many of them died as they as they fell. And they all fled from before Yehuda and his brethren, and from before Yosef. Okay, and while they were fleeing, Yehuda and his brethren pursued them unto the house of Pharaoh, and they all escaped. And Yehuda again sat before Joseph and roared at him like a lion. So he said, so he's getting into this thing again. He went back to Joseph. He said, now I got them out of the way. Now it's back to me and you. We're gonna deal. So he and he's still in this powerful mode, war mode. Okay, with his brother. And so when he did it, he, he was so powerful that he tore down walls with his shriek and knocked the Pharaoh off of his throne. And, and the Pharaoh got word that, hey, this is them Israelites that, do, that did this, this Israelite, and they're going to destroy Mitzrayim. So the Pharaoh goes to Joseph, sends word to Joseph, hey, look, you need to, look, give back all the wealth that I've given you and go back to, go back to Canaan where you come from, if that's what you want to do. But you got to get these people out of here because they they about to destroy me and my house and you with it if you stay here. Joseph didn't want to do that because he had to fulfill the word of God. So it says here, <clears throat> verse 50, if you desire not to do this thing, that is to go back to, to where you came from, 
uh, off you. If you desire not to do this thing, cast off from you my valuable things and go with them to their land. If you delight in it, for they will this day destroy my whole country and slay all my people. Even all the women of Misraim have miscarried through their screams. So what they have done merely by this, their shouting and speaking more, moreover, if they fight with the sword, they will destroy the land. Now therefore choose that which you desire, whether me or the Ivarim, uh, whether Misraim or the land of Ivarim. He calls it the land of Ephraim, okay? He calls it the land of Israel. No Jews involved. Israelites. Hebrews. Ephraim. Hebrews. Okay? And they came and told Joseph the words of Pharaoh. Now it goes down and says, 52, And Joseph was greatly afraid of his brethren uh, and on account of Pharaoh. And Joseph sought a pretext to make himself known unto his brethren that they should destroy all Mishraim. So when in the in the King James Version, it talks about how he revealed himself. But before he revealed, all these things took place. Before the revealing of who he really was to them. So all this stuff is missing. Of the terror that the Mishraim had of the Israelites. This is why when, when Joseph was gone, and they decided we need to get these people out of here because if they rise up like they did before in the past, they had that testimony, you know. If they rise up again like they did, they're going to take over. That's why the story is like it is in the King James Version without telling you all this backstory that's going on, okay? Joseph commanded his son, I mean, let me go back, 52 again, verse 52. Joseph was greatly afraid of his brethren on account of Pharaoh and Joseph sought a pretext to make himself known unto his brethren, lest they should destroy all of Israel. <clears throat> and Joseph commanded his son Manasseh. And Manasseh went and approached Yehuda and placed his hand upon his shoulder. And the anger of Yehuda was stilled just by putting his hand on it. This is how anointed Manasseh is, the son of Joseph is. And he says, and Yehuda said unto his brethren, let no no one of you say that this is the act of a mystery, a mystery use, for this is the work of my father's house. Again, this is the second witness that Judah is experiencing through menace, not directly from Joseph, but through menace, his son. His son is doing this. You remember Ephraim and Manasseh? Ephraim and Manasseh? Well, this is Manasseh. He's he just touched him. Just touched him on the shoulder. And in this touching, the first time he did it, he did it with, a, with the same act as Judah. But this time he comes with just a touch. Just a touch. And he says, this is not, this is not a Mishraim. This is not an Egyptian doing this. This is my blood. This is our blood. Only our blood can do this. There are, only, there are things that only we can do. Other people may try to do it and imitate it, but they can't do it. Remember, they may have the tools by they may have the the the, the tools of it by having the Torah in their in in their possession, but they can't operate in our power. That's what I want you to understand. People may know the the, the mechanics of the Torah and its blessings, 
but it takes an Israelite, a true Israelite, to operate in that power. And it is recognizable by other Israelites. You know how blessed you all are, how we Amen. are so blessed, how the Father has left his mark on us. Even though we have been here in the land and, and our identity has been stolen, our language and our heritage, he left us the Torah. He left us the books so we can go back and see it. The other people can read it and meditate and, 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 and memorize it, but it takes some genetic code. It, it had to be accompanied with the genetic code of, of, of Yaakov. It has to have that genetic code in there of Israel in order for it to, to awaken to, for the, I should say, so the anointing, the true anointing can flow. We could change things. It's better when you know and understand who you are because you begin to understand that when you do certain things, when you act in a certain way, and, and, that, and that way that I'm talking about is according in accordance to the Torah. You see? It's in accordance to the Torah. And, and you don't have to have, actually, you don't have to have the uh, Apocrypha to do it. If you just operate in what is in the Bible, according to how we are commanded, it works. What I mean to you out of the book of Joshua is just icing on the cake to give you more insight into what was going on in the times. And how when you look at what's going on with them in that time, we see it happening in the lives of people through the cell phone. When they take pictures of people standing up and they're talking to the policemen and they're moving their arms and they're talking and the policemen are afraid of them. The policemen have the guns and they're afraid of them. The policemen have the guns and when we're just running for our life, they still shoot us in the back because they're afraid of the power. If we stop and turn around and face them, the power of our voice, just our voice, will knock them off their feet. Mm. When we know who we are. That's why we get shot with no weapons in our hands. Mm. Because the power shakes them to the core. Makes them fall off of their seats. Shakes, makes the walls crumble to the ground. The stones turn into powder because of the power that operates in you. Not in me alone, but in you, in the children of Israel. And the more we know about ourselves and who we are and in whose power we operate, the better it is for us and the world itself. Because when the world system is in, is in our hands, it is in the hands of the Father who created all things. And we are to be the stewards over the world for the good of the world. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. So the whole creation is groaning, waiting for the children of Israel, waiting for the manifestation of the children of Israel, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of the Most High. Mm -hmm. Because we have that power. You have that power. It's not given to you by men, but it's given to you by the Father. He gave it to us. And his gifts and calling are without repentance. He does not take it back. It's always there. It's always within us. It's always within our grasp. You see? 
not in the heavens, not in the earth below, nor in the graves, but it is nearer, even in their mouth. The word is in your mouth and in your hearts. It's there. So my desire and our desire here on this Shabbat is to get you to understand who you are, whose you are, and the anointing that flows in your body. That anointing flows in your veins. That anointing flows in your spirit. It is yours. You recognize it in each We recognize it in each other. Is this, this, this has to come from an Israelite. This has to come from the Israelite. This doesn't come by the world. It comes from the Israelite. We recognize it in each other. We recognize it. It's ours. Okay? So, so, I pray that you know, again, there's so much in here. Um, we know that as we go on further, it, it talks about after this, Joseph does reveal himself. But he had already given them examples of who he was. And they started recognizing the traits of the Israelites all alone. Even though they couldn't recognize him physically because he blended in with the, with the rest of the, of the Egyptians or his brother fellow Africans. We recognize each other. It's time for us to, to, to open up and realize who we are. Okay. So I'm going to stop right there because of the time. If there are any questions, anyone has a testimony they want to say or something that um, you studied, if you've read it and you something jumped out at you in the teaching, in the lesson, um, I leave it. I let you have the floor now. Um, I, I relinquish the floor to you now, so you can. We have time if there's a testimony or whatever. Y'all kind of quiet. <laughs> so when you were uh, speaking, if you look up images of ancient Egyptian people, I don't know if you can see that, but I they're black. The ancient yeah. Egyptian people are black. So in, in Rabbi's teaching, they didn't recognize their brother, which means he had to be black too. For him to blend in, okay, okay, in their mind, they thought he was dead. But just think, your brother or sister, you think they're dead, but they're standing in front of you and you're not going to recognize them at all, which means he blended in. And so all those movies you see with Pharaoh and all those white folks, they're wipe it out your mind. They were all black. Black on black crime. It, it, it was all black people because he blended in. So that tells you right there. And then a lot of times they say, oh, you, you guys come from Ham. Okay, so you're saying Ham is black. So how did it how did he Noah have three sons and one is black and the, and the other ones are white? You're not making any sense. All three of them were black. Shem, no, uh, Shem, uh, Ham, and Japheth. All three of them were black. Mm -hmm. Now they're at the point, the Jewish, saying, okay, you're right. The gig is up. We admit y'all was all black. They're saying that now openly. You can go online and, and, and find this out. But they're saying, what difference does it make? What do you mean? What difference does it make? You're the original Jews. <laughs> it makes a big difference. Yeah. So that's what we've been trying 
to get the awakening of you all to happen. This is why we come on every week. It makes a big difference because you have the power. You are the original Jew. All that money they're getting over there in billions of dollars, that's our money. That's our land. It all belongs to us and we're going to get it back. We just had to, we, we had to be chastised our, for our, our generational curse, the Deuteronomy 28 curse. Well, it's up. We got our butt whooped for 400 years. The time is up, 2019. That's why everything is shifting. And that's why it's happening. And that's why we get on here. What are they talking about? Your identity. You are the original Jews. You are from Shem. That is your land that's waiting on you, that's crying out for you. And the time is up. Our slavery time is up. Our butt whooping in layman term, time is up. We didn't got our butt whoops for 400 years. So the world, everybody else knew it but us. So the rest of the world is saying, we do not respect the United States. You didn't whip their butt for 400 years. The time is up. Let those people go. Give them what they supposed to have. Give them their land back. They don't respect the United States anymore. And so everything Rabbi was teaching today, he was telling you, he was breaking it down to you. But anybody have anything else? I just wanted to get that out because it's like we've been we were saying it till we're blue in the face. And you saying, well, what makes you think we don't get it, Easter? Because we're not walking in it. That's why. That's why I know we we're not getting it. When I when when I see our our, our kids and how they're reacting, and and even with the uh the frost that happened over there, and they're running in there all savage and doing things, they don't have to do all of that. It's it's a mentality. And so God is saying, wake up. I'm your provider. Just give it all to me. And I'll, and I'll lead you the way. I'll send you who you need to get you in there. But I got to get you all on one accord first. Go ahead, Daniel's family. I just had a, a, a question. I was thinking in terms of the fact that the, the Israelites were very learned people. And I mean, you talk about the fact they were in the tents and, and it seemed like they were going through like some deep understanding. And, and so that, that sort of amazes me because, and of course I want to know more because even the fact that when, when Joseph interacted with Benjamin and, and he sort of had him to come to the conclusion, giving him certain information, some charts and whatnot, he was able to discern that Joseph was sitting on the throne and, and so I'm curious as to what those teachings were, but also that they were very learned men. They knew how to make sense of situations and able to read signs, you know, and, and I feel like, of course, we've lost some of that knowledge. And, and so, yeah. of course, wanting to regain how to do those things. Ooh, I just thought of the fact that um, Yeshua said that, too. He said that they knew how to read signs, but they were missing, but they couldn't re um, discern that he was here and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 See, see, those are our attributes, aren't they? Mm -hmm. yeah, again, and see, I'm glad that you're on there, brother, because I know you read this. See, and, and you know, I knew you read it. I knew you, you know. And you saw <laughs> where Benjamin and Joseph had talked, right? Yeah. And he knew, again, he understood because this is something that's only taught to the Hebrews, mm -hmm. specifically, you know, th through Judah, which got it from Shem, right? Got it from mm -hmm. I gave you that line, right? 
I give mm -hmm. you that line where it came from. It was passed down to to us, right? Right. And so, yeah, and that's how he was able to look at it and see all the all the prophecies and all these things. He was able to see the signs because that is one of our attributes. So it's important for us. And again, those that are in in, in the classes, I've given you the, the instruments, the books that they use, right? Mm -hmm. So we can tap into what we are lost because it. The information was written down. Now, the other people got hold to it when they stole everything from us. They got those books. Then they can read those books, and but they can't unlock it. You can unlock. See, see, listen, it was in Mitzrayim. Benjamin was able to unlock it. Right. Y'all right. don't hear me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We say, come yeah. back to the Torah. Come back to our teachings mm -hmm. because you can, it will be unlocked to you. It will be open to you. That's why we stress so much. Come back to the Torah. Come back. Exactly. Amen. Also, um, if you can hear me, uh, are you aware when things happen in the earth, um, how animals young children, mm -hmm. teenagers, they're aware, they're sensitive. Mm -hmm. We've mm -hmm. lost the sensitivity in becoming adult, mm -hmm. but we need to return. It says, if you will, as a child, as a child, mm -hmm. we can understand far better. I recognize that as a child, that when storms would happen or other things in the earth would happen, my animals, would know it, bing, right away. Mm -hmm. They could see that, they could sense it, they knew what to do. When a storm would come, uh, my aunt's dog, he would go and lay in the closet because you know he would, he would know something was happening in the earth. Our dogs do that today. Our mm -hmm. children are very sensitive and they say things, but we don't recognize them for what they are. They mm -hmm. have a, a sensitivity to that. That happened to me when I was three years old in my aunt's basement where Hashem had showed me something. I did not understand it until I became 23, 22 years old, the revelation of it, because it came across the television. I don't know if you guys remember Phil Donahue, but it came across his show. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I was the only one that saw that. But when I came back to Houston, there was a guy at my job who saw the same show. So we both understood what this what happened on that show we have lost our sensitivity mm -hmm. because we have television we have computers we have phones we have everything to keep us occupied as opposed to dwelling with walking with talking with Hashem day in and day out he will reveal things to you and you're like oh okay what does that mean but if we return back to Torah we will get the full picture or the majority of the picture and have explanation and understanding. We need to pray for that explanation and understanding so that we can operate completely and fully. Mm -hmm. uh, children are, are very aware, but we think, oh, it's just a little kid thing. I think as a Koti um, Daniels has said, when her mom would do things or her sisters would do things or someone else in her family would do things and you didn't understand. And when they would talk with you, they thought maybe, okay, she's a little bit different. 
but it's a gift. Now we need someone to guide us. We have someone to guide us and teach us and train us in those gifts because they are truly gifts to bless everyone we come in contact with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I don't think that I, ha I had one mentor who was who had somewhat of an idea. And so it's, it's funny because it, even when I try to forget those things, she'll come back and say, do you still operate in that way? Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying not to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but but for the most part, um, you know, there there's especially like in our congregations and stuff, you know, our churches would grow. There was nobody pulling you aside saying this is how you're supposed to operate in a gift in detail. And then even when they started doing that, like when we went to like larger spaces, it was very it was it was tech it seemed a little not so not quite right let's just put it that way it, it seemed like it was for the motives weren't quite what they should be for for you know guiding a, a young person and, and a person who doesn't understand quite what you know they have so definitely uh cold elisa i definitely think that's absolutely correct yeah amen yeah. Yeah. and so we thank everybody uh for their input and when I hear Rabbi talking about we're the only one that holds that power, just think of the Ark of the Covenant. Everybody couldn't touch the Ark of the Covenant. Everybody couldn't go in there and see. Everybody couldn't be before those angels. There were chosen people. The Hebrew Israelites were the only ones or God chosen people who can, can even touch that Ark of the Covenant. We're the only ones that can rebuild that temple. We're the only ones that can go in some places and do some things that the Lord, our Yahweh wants us to do because everybody can't do it. And that's what he's trying to tell you. That's the power that you hold. And that's why they fear us. And that's why they hate us. That's why they're jealous. That's why they've done all these things to us. People want, that's why. Because they know this day was coming. But they couldn't stop it. And it's going to continue. We're going to continue to gain knowledge. We're going to continue to gain our power. And it is that that's what it is. It's going to happen. It's happening already. We're walking in it already. We're speaking things into existence already. The universe is, is going in our favor already. I know I'm experiencing it, and I know you are too. That we're literally speaking things. We're having the visions. We're having the dream. Things don't just come by us. We, God's preparing us, even for people's deaths. We see it before they even happen. We get visitations. And so we thank you all for tuning in. Rabbi Afshalom, if you can do our closing prayer, we thank you for your teachings today. We thank you all year you you you've poured out your spirit to us and your teachings and your teachings to us is love. That's his service. That's his love. That's what I talked about in that first Samuel. To fear God, to do his work wholeheartedly. That's what the Rabbi Avshalom is doing. That's what everybody on this panel here is doing. Service and his people. That's all you got to offer. A kind word, a hug, some love, some teachings, and anything else you can offer them. Rabbi Afshalom, you can do the closing prayer, please. Uh, I, I would like to do something today. Um, I would like, Brother Daniel, I said, Moray Daniel, 
would you do the honor of the rabbinic benediction? Brother Daniel? Yes, yes, yes he said sure. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. You might hear me in the background. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> May Adonai bless you and protect you. May Adonai make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May Adonai turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Shalom, shalom. I don't know about you all, but I experienced the anointing. Um, Amen. It's Amen. like my Amen. body, you know. Amen. Thank, thank, thank you. That's an honor. It's an Amen. honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to serve you, Lord, our Yahweh. Amen. Amen. It's an honor to be in your presence. It's an honor with our Hebrew family. We know that you are in the midst. We're gathered on your behalf and on your love. We thank you for taking us into 2023. And we thank you for the people who have been encouraged by us that you have used us and molded us and that your anointing and your power flows through us. We thank you. We thank you. And we love you. And we lift your name on high. We ask that you share this episode. We welcome you in anytime you want to come and, and join us. Just send me your email address. Um, we thank you for tuning in. A lot of people uh, they don't put their comments down here, but they do when they see me. They tell me we're watching you and we thank you and we love y'all. And we we will continually, diligently, every Saturday, come on for the teachings, for the Easter keeping it real, for the songs, for uh, the minister uh, Griff giving the maps and everything we need to supply to you. We love you and we'll see you next Saturday. Shalom. 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 Shalom.